Prophecy in the Bible is God's calling card. It's his signature. It's the supernatural put down into black and white for everyone to see. There never has been anyone or any book that has such detailed prophecies that have come true that can be fact-checked. The fact that the Bible is correct prophetically is evidence that it is right spiritually. In fact, the case for spiritual accuracy of the Bible is even stronger. If the Bible is true geographically, and it is, it's accounts that took place in places. And it talks about going from one place to another place. And it is geographically accurate. It is historically accurate. It has been claimed that the Old Testament was written hundreds of years after the events that they claimed had happened. But recently they have found on Mount Eber a cursed stone that has the name of Joshua in it that dates back to the late bronze period. They also found the Sennacherib cylinders and the Moabite stones, which confirm the accounts that the Bible gives that confirms the accounts that were given seven and 800 years before the time of Christ. And the Bible is even accurate scientifically, geographically, historically and scientifically. It's not a scientific book. And it talks about things from man's point of view. However, the few times it ventures into the realm of science, hydrology and wind currents and some other things, it is accurate. And if it is accurate in these things, then we should listen to it spiritually. All of those things are revealing to us that the Bible tells the truth. What it's really doing is showing us the importance of our spiritual life and giving us directions on how we can have things right with a good, loving, caring God. Today, three amazing prophecies that came true. Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. The comment section is open below. Let us know what your favorite prophecy in the Bible is. The first prophecy that we're going to be covering is about Jerusalem, and it's a prophecy that Jesus gave. Sometimes we forget that Jesus was a prophet. Yes, he was the Messiah, he was the Christ, but he was a prophet as well. And when he spoke of things that would happen, they did happen. In Luke 21, five and six, it says, then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, meaning they had made offerings to have this temple. He said, these things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that is not thrown down. The interesting thing is, is that Jesus told them of this massive complex built by Herod that had huge stones in it and was very impressive by human standards that not one of them was going to remain on the Temple Mount. Today, if you go to the Temple Mount, you can go near the Southern Gates and you can see where those stones have been pushed off and not one of them is left on top. The interesting thing though, is it wasn't completed until the second century, 135. In the third revolt, finally, the Temple Mount was scraped clean. So Jesus gave this prophecy and it was a hundred years later that it was fulfilled. There is no way you could say that anyone added it. It's in the book of Mark, which is the earliest of the gospels that were written. The Temple Mount is scraped clean. And if ever you visit Jerusalem, go on top of the Temple Mount and look that there's not any stones from the temple that are up there. And that is a prophecy given to us by Jesus so that we could trust the scriptures. Now, later on in Luke 21, 24, Jesus said, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. He's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. And then he says this, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. In other words, they would be dispersed, but they would return. And today, 
Jerusalem is under Israeli control. They became a nation in 1948, and then they took control of Jerusalem in 1967, and they've grown more and more in control of Jerusalem. This prophecy is amazing because not only did Jesus say that they were gonna be taken captive, but also that they would one day return to Jerusalem when the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled and we are living in those days. The second prophecy we wanna to cover today is Ezekiel 26, one through 14. And God lets Tyre know that he is not pleased with them. This is a city with a massive port in the days of Ezekiel. It was a trade center of commerce. It was a powerful city. And God says that he's going to destroy it. He's gonna bring Nebuchadnezzar in to destroy it. In verse three of chapter 14 of Ezekiel, it says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Tyre, and will cause many nations to come up against you as the sea causes its waves to come up and they shall destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken, says the Lord, it shall become plunder for the nations. Alas, her daughter villages, which are in the field, shall be slain by the sword. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, king of kings, with horses and chariots and with horsemen and an army with many people. Now that was done and we know it was done. And that's not the amazing part of this prophecy, although it is amazing that it was foretold before and then took place. But there are those that argue that Ezekiel lived during the time that they were taken into captivity of Babylon and that this was written after Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Tyre. So they argue that. Now, when Nebuchadnezzar took the city, the people moved out onto the portion of the island. There was a huge port there. There was an island there that was part of the city and they had moved out there when the city was destroyed and Nebuchadnezzar left the island alone. But there's even a more interesting end to this. After it talks about what Nebuchadnezzar will do, he will do this and he will do that and he will do this. In verse 12, there's a change. It changes from him to they. And it says this, they will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise. They will break down the walls and destroy your pleasant houses. They will lay your stones, your timber, and your soil in the midst of the water. I will put an end to the sound of songs and the sound of your harps shall be heard no more. I will make you like the top of a rock. You shall be a place of spreading nets and you shall never be rebuilt. For I, the Lord, have spoken, says the Lord God. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the city itself was actually cast into the sea. And that's what he said here, literally, that he says, they will lay your stones, your timber, and your soil in the midst of the water. Now, how did this happen? Now, when Alexander the Great was conquering the world, he was making himself down the Mediterranean coast. He would eventually get to Jerusalem. But before he got there, he got to Tyre. They had moved out onto the island city. In fact, a lot of the old city had not been rebuilt after Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it. They were living in the island city and they had all gone out there to be protected from Alexander. He built siege engines and made a ramp out of dirt from the mainland to the island. 
He didn't have enough dirt to do it. So they threw in the stones. They threw in everything they could find. They cut down the surrounding forest and they put the timber in there. They actually went the wrong way and went deeper and they had to go back and they had to start over again. They literally scraped the top of Tyre totally and completely clean. Alexander the Great was spoken of in prophecy by Ezekiel hundreds of years before he existed. Now, this is an absolutely amazing prophecy. And when you look at the detail and see how it was fulfilled in that detail, if I gave you a prophecy of a football game that would have three fumbles in one play and then someone would run back a play 99 yards to make a touchdown and win the game, and then you watch that game that I said it was gonna happen in, the detail would make it amazing. A lot more so than had I just said, who would win the game? And so this passage, that it's going to be destroyed, it's gonna be scraped clean, that it's gonna be thrown into the water and it will never be rebuilt again. There's no way to explain it, except that God foretold the future and needs to be reckoned with by those who don't believe that the Bible is true. This is God's calling card. Now here's the knock against this prophecy. It says at the end, and you shall never be rebuilt. And people go by Tyre today, and there is a city there. And they say, see, God's word isn't true because the city of Tyre was rebuilt. And that's not true because most of the ancient city today is underwater and cannot be rebuilt. And just because hundreds of years later, they began to build on that place, the new city of Tyre, doesn't mean it was a rebuilding of the old city. That's what the word says. It says, and you shall never be rebuilt. I have a 2012 charger, but it's a brand new charger. I don't have a rebuilt charger. They made chargers in the late 60s and early 70s, and then they stopped. And then for a long time, they didn't have them. And they started making chargers again. I don't have a rebuilt one. You would have to go back and get a frame of one or some parts of one, and you could rebuild a charger from there. So they built a new city where the other city had been and called it Tyre. It doesn't mean it's the rebuilding of the city. You're just looking at what the scriptures say. It doesn't say that there would never be anything built on it again. It says, you shall never be rebuilt. Now also, it was not rebuilt to its glory. It is not a great shipping area today. It's not a great trade area today. Alexander the Great destroyed that and built other places in the Mediterranean to be able to be the shipping centers. So the word is true with great detail. And as Christians, we should know this is extremely powerful and God is moving to reveal this to us. The third prophecy that I wanna talk about in the Bible is the restoration of the nation of Israel. The Bible declares that they would be destroyed, they would be scattered around the world, and then they would be regathered into the nation in the last days, and they would never be removed again. And that's what we saw. They were destroyed in 70 AD, and then at 135, there were three rebellions, it was completed and they were scattered completely around the world and the land became desolate. From 135, until the late 1800s when the Jewish people began to return to Jerusalem. And then God restored the land and God restored the people to the land. And they became a nation in 1948. And the Bible said that this would be a sign that we're living in the last days. Let me give you a few verses. First of all, Zechariah 7:14. But I will scatter them with a whirlwind among all the nations which they had not known. Thus the land became desolate after them, so that no one passed through or returned, for they made the pleasant land desolate. 
Let me give you another one, Ezekiel 36, 18 and 19. Therefore, I poured out my fury on them for the blood that they had shed on the land and for their idols, which they had defiled it. So I scattered them among the nations and they were dispersed throughout the countries. I judged them according to their ways and deeds. So these are just a couple of the many verses that talk about God judging Israel and scattering them. But then he also promises that he will bring them back in the last days, not just bring them back, but bring them back in the last days. In Hosea 3, 4, and 5, it says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or a sacred pillar, without an ephod or teraphim. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. We are living in the latter days now because Israel has become a nation once again. Another one is Ezekiel 38, 8 and 9 that tells us after Israel was dispersed for many years, here's what it says. After many days, you will be visited. In the latter years, you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations and now all of them dwell safely and you will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. We see this literally fulfilled. There are now 6.5 million Jews who live in Israel today. They have literally come back even as the Bible said that they would. And near the end of the 18th and beginning of the 19th century, there were only a few thousand Jewish people there. And now, just like the Bible says, the land of Israel has become once again inhabited by Israelis. And this is also a sign to us, the nation of Israel, that we are living in the last days. Amos 9, 14 and 15 says, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them, and they shall also make gardens and eat from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord God. That is, that once they would finally be brought back into the land, that they would never be brought back out again. They will never be pulled up. And that's God's promise to them today. Finally, Ezekiel 38, 16, prophesying to a world leader in the last days, says this to them. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nation may know me when I am hollowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Now, here's the thing about this last prophecy. Had Israel not been a nation in the latter days, this could not come true. So in order for this prophecy to come true, Israel had to be a nation and they are a nation again. And so we are living in the latter times and we are living in the latter days. And Israel is that sign. Some have called it a super sign that tell us that we're living in the last days. Now these prophecies tell us that we can trust God and we can trust his word. And if you've never trusted him with your life, because the Bible tells a story. It's about the Christ and the Messiah coming to give his life as the Passover lamb so your sins could be forgiven. And when you study these passages, it should be a reminder to you that you can call on the name of the Lord.